Enter to win a free cruise for two on board the 90s cruise. Relive the magic of the iconic pop culture, music, and fashion of the 90s on the first ever sailing. Five days of concerts with some of the decade's most iconic stars, nightly theme parties, celebrity interactions, and all-out 90s activities. There'll be over 25 concerts and live performances starring Blues Traveler, Collective Soul, Gin Blossoms, Everclear, Lit, and more. The 90s cruise will sail from Tampa and head to Cozumel and Costa Maya, Mexico on Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas, January 31st through February 5th, 2025. Head to the90scruise.com slash iHeart to enter to win a free cruise for two. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network. iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's 902-1OMG. With Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling. Hey, everyone. It's me, Jenny Garth. Welcome to another episode of 902-1OMG. Today, I am flying solo ish, I guess, well, without my usual uh, co-host, Tori and Sisney. But I do have a dazzling co-host with me today. I'm very excited about this. You uh, you may remember him from his steamy role as Jake Hansen on Beverly Hills 90210. 
Grant Show is with me today. Let's bring him in. Hey. Hey, Grant. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I have to apologize to you because last time I saw you 10 or 15 years ago, whenever it was, I kind of was rude to you and I apologize. Wait, wait. Okay. You don't even remember. Thank God. <laughs> uh, no, I remember. Ah. Let's get into this because when when we were talking about co-hosts, um, they said Grant Show and I said, oh, that's a great idea. And then I had this like feeling in the back of my mind, like, I don't know if we, we had a good experience last time we saw each other. I couldn't really remember specifically well, no, what it was. I, just, but... like, I like was like, oh, I wanted to see you. And I think you came. I asked. I was like, and I saw you. And then I think maybe someone went and asked you to come over or you came over. I don't remember why. But like I like ex like I looked at reached out for you and then you made an effort. And then as soon as you made the effort, I saw um, Tashina Arnold right behind you. <laughs> and I'm like, That's Tashina. classic. Yeah, I just like flooded off like a butterfly oh to my God. a flower and I was rude and I'm just super sorry. I, I first of all, your apology accepted. Uh second of all, I didn't know specifically what it was, but that is like the classic like diss. Yeah, I know. It was terrible. <laughs> I've seen it that in movies terrible. before. Apparently it happened in my real life. Wow. Well, that's hilarious. Well, nevertheless, and I have I, felt bad about it ever since. Oh, look at you. Let it go. You, like short, like right after it, I tried to feel <laughs> that night. And then I realized what I had done. I was like, oh my God, I just was like so rude. And I tried to find you, but you, by the time I couldn't find you. And then, you know, you I, know what? That just shows that you are a super self-aware person. And that is a really important quality. Not right in that moment. I wasn't <laughs> not in that moment, but like you, but you know, sometimes it takes a minute. Hmm. So um, this is like a like a Jake and Kelly reunion. Yeah, right. I don't remember anything about that whole like. You remember that, but you you won't you can't remember our episode. Well, I vaguely remember it was two episodes. I remember building a gazebo. Yes, two episodes in season two, and you were like the carpenter, right? That my mom yeah. hired. Right, and I was a in, friend of in the backyard. Dylan's or from Dylan's past or. Oh, interesting. You don't remember that either, see? I don't remember that part. Dylan and I were from the same part of the world. I think we were both from the the Northwest, from like mm. Oregon or someplace like that. And we both had similar backgrounds. Ah, uh, well, I don't remember that, no. I do remember we had a couple of really steamy makeout sessions. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I do too. I also remember when I got, I'd never seen the show when I was cast. And then I found out that I was going to be working with, um, what was your character's name? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. You're A, really funny, or B, you're crazy. Um, maybe, my, maybe Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Taylor. Honestly, no, you were serious. You didn't remember it. I did not remember. I'm so oh, I remember my, my own character's name. I was hit on the head as a child. Hilarious. Um, so when I found out that I was going to be working with Kelly, I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to find out which of these um, ladies it is, which of these women it is. And I was very pleased that it was you. Good. I'm glad. How have you been? I've been super. I mean, life is a crazy ride, isn't it? Yeah. You, mister, have been, you've had such an amazing career. I was doing a little research on you last night and you have just done so many shows. You, you started out on, uh, started out 
in soaps, right? So you were in daytime. And that's when I met um, um, Luke. Mm. He and I were on shows. He was on Loving and I was on Ryan's Hope. And then we shot in the same building, kind of across the hall from each other. So we, he, he and I went back like to the very, very beginnings of our career. We dated the same woman. We like, like our careers just, our, our lives just kind of kept passing just like this, just like this, like this. And it was so nice to have um, reconnected with him uh, fairly recently before he passed. Yeah. Oh, that's nice though. He, he was a good friend. Yeah, he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not to anyway. <laughs> right. So you started on daytime and then I just find your story really interesting. Um, then Aaron Spelling kind of plucked you and put you in prime time. It was Love Boat. Did you do Love Boat right after? Yeah, I did Love Boat um, while I was still on the daytime show. And then uh, when I finished my contract there, I went to London for a year. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I, I believe I did. Yeah, I did a little bit of theater out of New York. Then I just kind of kept getting gigs in L.A. And um so I'd go to LA and I'd work and I'd come back to New York and spend all my money because it was so expensive to, to live out there. And then <laughs> finally I just decided to move out to LA. And it wasn't, it was a while before, um, before Melrose Place happened. Before I you know, met you guys. Yeah, it was probably 10 years after I started working. Okay, so Melrose Place. Okay, did you know when you started out as Jake Hansen that you would be getting your own spinoff like i mean yes. that's a pretty big deal so you knew yeah i knew that they were using this character to springboard a new show i mean that's a that's huge yeah no i knew it was a big deal i i was i was reading for melrose place not 90210 ah then they told me that the, the way they wanted to introduce the show was through my character on your show yeah i i loved it and i loved that my character was like a crossover sort of yeah it, yeah but I love that. like i just watched the episode that they told me to watch for you did good good you did your <laughs> homework <laughs> so difficult um and they're such different shows like i've right? forgotten how kind of it's a very special nine two and oh the show was <laughs> this episode though in particular oh was it okay but yeah, this episode, you got a really great episode to watch because we'll get into it later, but this is definitely my favorite episode by far for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, one of, uh, you know, so far I'm only in season two, so we'll see what happens. What are you doing? You're going through and watching an episode. Are you, do you do this every day? No, we do it once a week and we're, Tori and I are going uh, and watching the original show for the very first time because while we were on it, we never really watched it. So we are watching every episode in succession and um, we're just becoming complete fans of the show. Why didn't you watch it when, when you first did it? We were busy working and right? trying to figure out how to yeah, juggle right. everything. Like there was no television in my life at that time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Amazing. Well, because you're that, you know, Melrose Place really lifted off at kind of the same time as 90210 like we both kind of shot out at the same time you guys were a couple of years before us and i don't think we ever really we didn't ever really reach the kind of like craze level that you guys reached i mean we were it was a big deal but we didn't have like people people weren't hunting me down you know what i mean well i mean it was a it was a really huge hit how did you feel about that like 
how did you handle that sort of sudden fame? Because you kind of shot to stardom in that moment with the show. Yeah. You know, I knew that it was possible when I took the job. I was like, there's a really good chance that this is going to be a big show. Um, and I said to myself, you know, you know, keep your feet on the ground. This is really, you know, easy to get um, lured into. No, the, not necessarily bad behavior, but just sort of a, a skewed vision of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, even warning myself and being ready for it and having my guard up, I look back on it and I'm like, no, it still messed me up. It's just, I don't know that there's anything anyone can do. You know, there's no rule book. There's no guidebook. There's no manual. There's no, you know, nobody really, you know, nobody can even really give you advice because everyone's journey is different. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to figure it out, you know, because yeah. life really, but, you know. Did like, you have like a solid, like, um, support system? Like, did you have your parents? Did you have family around you at all during that time? No, I had some good friends. I did. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, 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 I would say I probably, well, I wouldn't say probably, I say, I would say I lost my way for a little while. Not yeah. horribly, you know what I mean? I didn't, you know, I wasn't. You didn't go off the rails. No, but. I'm not proud of some of my behavior. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What about you? How'd you do it? Me, it was all about, I had family still around me. I had parents that were still a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I had um, my sisters in Illinois. I'm from the Midwest. You know, there, I had, I relied a lot on my family during that time. Mm-hmm. And I coupled up, like I had one boyfriend or one husband for the duration, you know, like I, I had one person, one partner. So that really also, I wasn't out there like at bars trying to meet people or using my status to, you know, do that. So uh, I think that's how I survived, honestly. Right. You were, you were very young too, weren't you? You're good. You're probably 10 years younger than me, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. I was about 16, 17. Oh, no, you were the than the show. I thought you were. Yeah. yeah but really when I worked with white. you, I was probably 18. Wow. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And I was 30. Yes, I was like 17. So basically you were, yeah, that was against the law what was happening. Right. Wow. Very <laughs> young for that, to survive that. Good for you. Good yeah. For you. I mean, it's not easy for sure, but we live really wonderful lives because of it. And mm-hmm. if you are, like I said before, have any self-awareness or sort of um, have grown at all as a human or evolved, you know, you sort of can stop and look back and do what you just did, which is like, you know, be accountable and, and Mm -hmm. talk about it, like not be ashamed of it and not try to hide it. Or, you know, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, (laughs) right in front of your face all the time, you know what I mean? It's hard to run. When you look in the mirror, there you are. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Now you have, um, you have a family now, is that correct? I mean, you have kids and are they older? Are they? Yeah, I started really young. I started oh, when I was, kids. my girls are um, older now, 15, 18, and 24. Wow. Mm-hmm. You? I have a seven-year-old. Seven-year-old yeah. daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving it. It's. It changes you, I think. It's so much. It's just the greatest thing ever. It really is. It's. Maybe it's, that's part of it. Like it, like it takes your focus off of you and puts it on some other being. Well, I think you, it's like to be a parent, you can't, you have to be of service. Right. So you have to be, so you can't, yeah. If you're a good parent. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a parent, you're a person hanging out around a kid. Yeah. <laughs> not the of service, but you're mm. not a parent then. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it just takes so much um, a being of service. And then I think you, for me anyway, I learned that being of service, it's like when you put effort into anything, it becomes more valuable. And that mm-hmm. effort of being, you know, taking care of, it sounds really, this sounds, I've never said this out loud before, so I don't know, it sounds a lot kind of thinner than I think it is. <laughs> um, they just, they're, your passion grows for it. The more effort you put in, the more work you put in, the more of service you are towards something, the more your passion is for it and the more joy mm-hmm. you take out of the service that you give. That's what I'm trying to say. That is very beautifully said and so so true i think that applies to like anything like yeah yeah parenting your career your relationships yeah your relationship with yourself so many things yeah that's really cool so true well so back to some little some some more fanning out on my part of you and your career um so you how many episodes were you on melrose place uh we did 34 a year and i did five years uh-huh. And then you and a few of the other cast members left the show mm-hmm. at a certain point, right? Mm-hmm. I left after we, we all had five-year contracts and I left mm. when the contract was up. So. Do you ever like think like, I wish I had done it differently. I wish I hadn't left or I'm really glad. Like how, how do you feel about it now? I think I am glad I left. Um, you know, I never got to cash in because as you know, Aaron doesn't pay very well. If your first deal, you, in the you beginning. After, yeah. <laughs> And I never, I never had a, I never got a raise. I never renegotiated anything. My five-year deal was my five-year deal. Right. Um, so I, I would be a lot more secure. My financial security would be greater right now. I, but I never, my whole, you say I've been on a lot of TV shows. I, I have done a lot of TV shows, but I've never been interested in money. So I don't have a lot of money. I mean, I'm comfortable, but I'm not like, you know, I don't have $20 million in the bank. Like, like, mm-hmm you might think I would have if you look at the career I had. Right. But it's never been my focus. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, if I had stayed on for another year or two, you know, that would have paid me probably, you know, $6 million or something like that, something in the neighborhood of that. Um, But Whoa, you're getting paid a lot more than me. (laughs) The the, the renegotiation, I figure 32 episodes, if you got a hundred grand a year, right? That's probably what I could have got. A hundred grand an episode. An an episode, yeah. Right, which is insane. Hello, if you just think about what you just said. I know. You made a hundred thousand dollars. No, I didn't. I think I probably could have gotten that. Could have. Yeah. For working for seven days. Yeah, yeah. Break break that down. I want to know what that is hourly. (laughs) Haven't you ever done an episode where you did, we had one line? No. Break that down. <laughs> exactly. I'm here and I'm getting paid and I'm saying three words. I love my job. <laughs> right. It's like $30,000 a word. <laughs> oh my, it's ridiculous. But I, listen, I never made that kind of money. <laughs> if I had gone down that path, I might've been able to get, you know what I mean? I might've been able to book mm. So let's say it was $4 million, but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so you have $4 million in the bank. Really $2 million because the government takes half of it. Exactly. Um, so you have $2 million in the bank. At the time, I felt like people that stayed on the show past their initial contract, that was kind of the end of their career. Hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and historically, that kind of was true. You know, when there was three networks and, you know, people, 30 million people watched an episode of something, you got stuck in that role. 
during our time on our show on, on 902 and your time on 902 and my time on Melrose Place, that started to change. And it, it has become clear that that does, isn't the case anymore. You can move on. You can have a bigger and longer career, even if you stay on your show. So mm -hmm. my reason for doing it turned out not to be true. But at the time, I didn't know that. I made the best choice that I could at the time. And I, and, and I think it was the right choice, given the information I had. So I don't really yeah. it at all. You weren't alone. I think, I think a lot of actors had that perspective. Mm -hmm. I personally didn't. Uh, I just didn't think it's, I'm not a goal person. Like I don't think ahead. So I didn't think to make a change. Like it didn't occur to me, but there were people around me uh, like Jason, Luke, and uh, they wanted to go do other things, you know, and they thought if they stayed doing the show, they would never ever get to work anywhere else again, because people would never see them as anything other than Brandon and Dylan. So I totally, you weren't, you weren't alone in that. And by the way, it took years before well, yes, you know, every time I walk into a room, Jake mm -hmm. Hansen was there with me, you know, mm -hmm. for quite a few years. And finally, I realized the reason Jake Hansen was in the room every time I walked in was because I was bringing him in with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I finally let myself get away from that, then I was able to get away from it. But that it takes a while. Whether, however it's happening, it takes a while for you to kind of like cleanse yourself from something that's that, that's that, um, integrated like yeah, it's yeah. part of you yeah that but character part of society too it's a huge part of mm -hmm. what was going on at the time right because it was your show our show they were said they had such a big impact on so many people during a very specific time you know yeah and and the the fans of our show and your show and other shows but they are just so devoted and so like invested in these characters and i think that's what made our show success? People still recognize me from Mel from Melrose Place. Really? When, like when you get recognized, most is it mostly? Now it's a real. It's a melange now. It's it's a mm -hmm. bunch of different things. Swingtown, Dynasty, Dynasty mostly now because that's what's on right now. But I a mean, lot of Swingtown and yeah, Melrose Place. So yeah, you it's kind of full circle for you because you kind of started out with Aaron Spelling and now you're on That's a reboot kind of a show. of a, an Aaron Spelling show that. dynasty. When it came across my desk, I was like, my desk. When I, when I got the audition, <laughs> I was like... Do you um, have a desk? Wait. Exactly, I don't. <laughs> I was rolling my eyes at myself. <laughs> um, when I got the audition, I was like, oh, well, I'm like, I've had a you know, 30 years of a career that sets me up, tees me up perfectly for this job. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, it doesn't, it, it is exactly what it should be. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. It is as silly as silly can be. And yet it's still, the characters are still serious. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool. I think that, you know, you're doing this role. It's such an iconic role, you know, originally, of course, for those that don't know, played by John Forsyth, how did that feel stepping into that role? And like, you know, not in the shadow of him, but like, I can imagine you must've put a lot of pressure on yourself to, you know, even if you didn't admit it, like it was there that you were playing this yeah. iconic role. Yeah. Well, so first off, I had never seen Dynasty. So when I, I watched, really? yeah, when I was auditioning for it, I watched what he, I watched some stuff, some of his scenes to see what he did. And I was like, well, I can't do that. That's something I'm that's he's different than me. I'm never gonna be able to do that. It's a, it's a totally I'm a totally different animal than he is. So trying to recreate 
what he did was not ever um, an issue. But what he did do really well was he 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 wasn't a good guy and he wasn't a bad guy. He was vicious and he was awful. And at the same time, he cared about his family and you know all those kind of that sort of mixture. He wasn't he wasn't an antihero. He wasn't someone you love to hate. He mm-hmm. just he was like a person. Um, I think that's what was so great about what John Forsythe did, and that I did have and still do feel a lot of pressure to to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, it's a big role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, the role is iconic, definitely. And I feel like it's such a cool, like, like you kind of said before, representation of your career. Like Mm -hmm. you have, you have earned this role. Like that's, you know what, that's, I've never put it that way, but I do feel, I do honestly feel like I have earned this role. And and Mm -hmm. when I went to go get it, I wasn't going to let anybody else have it. You know, I went out and bought a, a very expensive suit for the audition because I was like, this is my role and I'm not going to, you know, it, like those are the things that I did all the things that you do when you, when you want, when you deny anyone else the opportunity to take this away from you. Yeah. That's so strong. What that you, you wanted something and you went out and you got it. Yeah. It was, um, I'm, I'm having a great time with it too. I really, am. I bet I bet it's been going since it started in 2017. So hello, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. We're in our fifth great year. run. We're starting this year. year in October. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like you're, I feel like you're going to stay with it. And you did five years of Miller's place. I don't feel like that. This time I'm going to ride this pony till it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're dad now. You need a paycheck. That's <laughs> laying on the ground. Well, people, people love it. People just love it. So I, I kind of feel like you are like the, if you had a title, a silly title, you would be like the golden child of spelling entertainment. <laughs> you are the guy. He did. You know, Uncle Spelling was very, very good to me. At the mm-hmm. same time, I had a very contentious relationship with him. You know, I was, you know, I was a young, cocky, bit of an asshole kind of guy. And he was, you know, going to be in charge no matter what. You know, remember, you remember, you know, he did some things that weren't too nice to me and I did some things that weren't too nice to him, but, you know, I cried when he died. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to separate business like that, you know, really great man. And you sound like, you know, you are a great person. So sometimes you got to do what you got to do though. I think it was two authors going at each other, you know? What I mean? <laughs> yeah. I kind of get that. I kind of get that. You know what? Okay. So what, what's going to happen now? We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to get into the episode that we watched. Okay. Is there ever really a way to thank your mom for everything she does? My mom is my best friend, my rock. I have learned so much from her through the years. Her wisdom has helped shape me and I love celebrating her, especially on Mother's Day. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. And since she deserves the best, send her the best there is. When it comes to flowers, send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. I love that Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farm. So they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, you guys. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online, pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. 
Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to your mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code 90210 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code 90210, books.com, promo code 90210. Hey, everyone. So as you can imagine, we know a thing or two about makeup. We've pretty much tried it all. And we are really liking Thrive Cosmetics because they have a full line of makeup perfect for an everyday look refresh. They have clean ingredients that feel great on your skin. And their products are foolproof, which makes it easy for any skill level to apply. And it's really cool to know that Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Oh, I love that connection. See that? Plus, how cool is it that their uh, high-performance formulas are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free? Amazing. And they have zero parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. I really believe when it comes to makeup, beautiful eyebrows are so important, don't you think? Their Infinity Waterproof Eyebrow Liner helps you achieve your ideal eyebrow look. And their easy-to-use waterproof pencil holds like a wax and blends like a powder. Ooh la la. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash 90210. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash 90210 for 10% off your first order. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Volux XC, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Volux XC Injectable Gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. With the weather getting warmer, finally, it is time for a wardrobe refresh. And when I want to update my style without breaking the bank, I turn to Quince. They offer premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. And washable silk tops. Timeless 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I use the hoop earrings I ordered from Quince all the time. And basically live in the slippers that I ordered on their website. The prices and quality are so worth it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash 90210 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash 90210 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash 90210. Okay. Hey, everybody. Scott Patterson. Uh, we are going to have uh, Milo Ventimiglia on the podcast today, and we are dropping the episode immediately. We are very excited to have him. He's, a, he's an old and dear friend, and uh, he, gave us, uh, he gave us some time, which is he doesn't have any time, but he gave us some time, and we really, really, really appreciate it. So we're going to do this interview with Milo, uh, and we're going to drop it immediately. As soon as we can get it all cobbled together, this crack team I have, and we're just very, very excited about it. So anyway, listen to my podcast. I am all in right now on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay, so here's the deal. Tori, like I said, Tori and I are rewatching the show with the fans uh, for the first time, but we're really actually becoming fans ourselves. So it's been a great ride. And we're only in season two, which season two... Uh, in a few episodes, I think, is when Jake Hansen makes his debut. But we're not to you yet, so we're not going to talk about you. We're going to talk about this episode, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, season 2, episode 21. Everybody's talking about it. It aired February 6, 1992. And here's a little synopsis. Andrea is outraged when the school refuses to allow students to take part in a health survey that includes questions about sex. It was directed by Daniel Adias and written by Darren Starr, Karen Rosen, and Charles Rosen. So this episode I mentioned was one of my favorite episodes for a lot of reasons. This episode was all about sex education. Um, and it was very, you know, timely topic. Uh, very, like you said, a very special episode. <laughs> very special. 90210. Mhm. Right? Not all of them were like that. I was really impressed with um with all y'all's acting on it. I you really were? Was. I really was. It's like not easy to be that sincere. earnest. Yeah, that earnest and mm -hmm. and um not be not look silly. And you didn't. You guys were great. You know what? It's funny that you say that. Thank you. But and and I, as a person not in it, just watching it, felt the very same way. Like I felt this episode was so well written. Mm -hmm. um, it was about really heavy subject matter that was sensitive, and there were a lot of emotions around it. And I felt like the stories were so well woven together so well, and the characters really everybody was kind of interwoven in a really interesting way and it wasn't like a you know a public service announcement it wasn't like a, an after school special mm -hmm. it it just felt like i don't know there was something about this and i i did feel like all across the board really good acting and you gotta bring yourself back this was 1991 mm -hmm. 92. Mm -hmm. it was around there 92 um, 
think times were different. People weren't talking about stuff like this on television. This was exactly. like really a lot more cutting edge then than it seems now. Right. Absolutely. Because, I mean, the the episode was about uh, bringing condoms into schools, about, about sex education, about making condoms available to high school students. And Andrea was trying to, like, you know, make that happen at West Beverly and the parent organization. But it was also about each character's own journey within their own sexuality. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Who was talking about being a virgin in high school? No one, you know, and and shame of being a virgin in high school. I don't think people were. No, and I and I, that that was so. What was so cool about this episode too was that everyone's point of view was really actually interesting and different. Like I felt like Donna was telling a story, Andrea was telling a story, Kelly was telling a story, Brenda Brenda was telling a story. I, I felt like this was actually a really um, female driven episode. For and, sure pretty powerful mm-hmm. yeah and kelly just wanted to go shopping kelly just was wanted to avoid the topic at all costs <laughs> because her sexuality i think was uh talked about enough that she didn't feel like she needed to add fuel to that fire yeah <laughs> but i i this was um uh catherine cannon's first episode who played uh felice martin donna's mom and she really? was the one that was, you know, kind of yeah. heading the whole parent org. I was surprised at how many um, involvement of the of the grownups. I didn't realize that they were so involved in your show. I just thought it was you kids. Yeah, sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. But this episode had a nice, not they, what they weren't too heavy, but they were just sort of like yeah, the there. yeah yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was her first episode they had had another woman playing Donna's mom in earlier episodes, but this was the new Felice Martin. And we all just grew to really love her. And she was such a pleasure to work with and so great. So great. So they had, uh, condoms available in other schools at the time, but I guess not at West Beverly, but I think that condoms were a thing. They were being you know, presented to young people and passed out. And it was all about disease protection from AIDS and all the things. Right. And so super important. It was like a a big uh, thing. It was called the condom availability program, like the government, you know. Did they educate you guys at all about that? They did. They did. I feel like um, we had, you know, some learning to do about how to talk about these sensitive subjects, you know, in ways that teens could hear and, and the way teens talked, but also that didn't like put off all the parents, because I think that this, this episode really pinpointed for me. One of the things that I always say about our show was that it really opened up the communication channels between parents and their kids. So everybody was watching this show at this time. And the parents were watching it to see what their kids was were watching. And a lot of times the families were watching it together because you did that back then. Mm-hmm. And they, I feel like I've always been told like this story, this episode really helped me. And I, it helped me talk to my daughter about sex and, you know, really got us having that discussion, you know, and, I, and now talking to fans that are older and, and that are parents now, they're, they're saying that it really helped them talk to their parents. Mm-hmm. 
So I feel really good about that. You know, sometimes it was a little heavy handed, but I, you know, just barely. I think I I don't, you know, what was, if it was any heavy handed at all, it's just the style of shooting a show back then. That's what jarred me more than anything else. Just stylistically, mm-hmm. just, you know, Dan's a director. I remember Dan, yeah. but he was terrific. Um, right. Whenever I worked with him. But you look at it and it's just like, it's really old fashioned. It's so funny you say that because I was going to ask you that because you've directed episodes and you know, you know what it takes and what's expected of you. And they just hand you this huge responsibility and say, go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, you can really see in this episode, like the filmmaking, the way they, they set up the players, the actors in a, a semicircle in front of the camera and everybody kind of gets there. There's shots where um, yeah. Jason is standing kind of like this. So uh-huh. get in, there's only reason you would be standing like this. You know, <laughs> to get here, into the shot. You'd be in the shot. It's like, wow. Yeah. I think that the, you know, I think maybe that was, yeah, like the style of, of directing back then. And yeah, no, I think it just was. It's also, you know, we, we, sh- we shot on film back then. Mm-hmm. You had one camera shooting film, and it was expensive. You didn't have time to just mess around. When I shot my, I've only shot, only, only directed one episode. Hopefully, they'll do some more this this year. But um, we shot with three cameras. Oh my gosh! We would have our A camera that is, you know, my sort of hero shot. This is what I'm really looking for. But then I would have a camera, like <laughs> way in the heck over there somewhere getting this big wide shot that I could cut away to, and then maybe some off angle thing over here as well. And we just shoot and you just, yeah. And so different. messes up. It's not a big deal. Or you never call cut. You just kind of just go, okay, let's go do it again. You know, reset, do it again, reset, do it again. It was just like, you just, nowadays you have so much more freedom to just kind of play back then. It was really structured. It was so, it was like a formula and you, as the director, were expected to deliver the shots that they required, you know, and they made it very, very clear. You have to do a master and then we want singles, doubles, over the shoulders, and that's it. We don't want any like artsy stuff. Over, over, single, single. Move on. Yeah. Over, over, (laughs) single, single. Yeah. Uh, I remember Yeah. We showed up up to work at at Melrose Place and the marks would be on the floor already. Back then, that would have bothered me, but now I kind of appreciate that. I'm like, you know what? Just tell me where to stand, what you want me to say, what you want me to wear. I'm good. Let's yeah. go. I kind of agree. It's like, <laughs> my inner work's done. I can say it anywhere. Anyway, uh, yeah. back, to, back to episode 21. <laughs> Sorry, we, we digressed. <laughs> Donna, I felt like had a great um, sort of moment in this episode you know she wasn't featured as strongly in the earlier episodes and her character starting to sort of grow some great momentum with her like marriage uh, not marriage relationship with david and now with her whole point of view kind of opposite of what her mom's point of view about this sex subject mm-hmm. but at the same time still maintaining her values which aren't dissimilar to her mom's Right. But she doesn't like the way her, I don't think she likes the way her mom is presenting it to the other kids. Yeah, it, it came across as though she was actually more thoughtful about it than her mother. Her mother was just kind of rigid about it. And this is the way it is. And this is the way it needs to stay. And Donna was more, this is a choice that I've made and that's mm-hmm. a choice that I'm going to stick with. That's really interesting because I, um, as 
a mom now of teens, I see that from a whole different perspective. You're not there yet, but you'll see like you, you as a teen, a parent of a teen, you can't be black and white. You can't hmm. be so rigid and expect certain things from your kids. You okay. have to be flexible and willing to let them guide you sometimes and really open your eyes to different ways of looking at things. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I'm terrified and looking forward to it all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. My best friend has two daughters and who are in their twenties now. And when they were Eloise's age, they were great. Just the sweetest all the way up until they were about 12. And then they became monsters until <laughs> they were about 19. <laughs> I just am terrified of that. I know, but here's the thing. Here's my, here's my only words of wisdom I'll give you as uh, on parenting. Don't say that again. Don't say that ever again. Don't even think it because you're going to create it. Don't put that in the universe. No. I get you. And you know, Eloise is not, she's not. She is a really, at seven already, she's very thoughtful. And she's Mm -hmm. very, excuse me, she's very um, sensitive to other people. That's good. Well, it it could change. It could, you know, alter. It will Sure, you know, show up in different shades, but even when she rolls her eyes at you and sasses back at you, uh, <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that she's a bad girl, you know, it's so it's such a delicate thing. So um, I, I wanted to make sure we say something about Kelly's journey on, on in this episode that we, that came out right just at the end in that last conversation. Is, is that something that is a, you know, the, this idea that she was thought of as easy, is that, was that a recurring theme with this character? Was it a constant theme with her that you yeah. were, yeah, from the, from the, that came up or, or was it always there? No, from the very beginning, she, that was her role was the kind of girl that slept around. People thought that she slept around. Um, she was just very in the beginning, like, you know, the bad girl, the bitch of Beverly Hills. And, um, we worked really hard through the years to give her those layers of depth to see why she was the way she was and, and learn a lot about that kind of thing. And, um, you're starting to really see the shades, all the shades of Kelly and, and what her journey has been now. And I think this is, um, one of my favorite scenes, that scene with Andrea and Kelly. Um, it was, they're, those two characters have such complete different personalities and perspectives, but this was a cool coming together of two different worlds. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was had a, had a big impact. And Kelly even says, I think at the end of it, like um, Andrea says, why I wish we had done this sooner or something. And Kelly or Kelly, we could have met in the middle. And Kelly says, I think we just did. So I thought that was a really interesting yeah, it was, too, it was, for someone just watching this episode as a one-off um, with, you know, kind of a tangential understanding of the show, mm-hmm. um, it was the very vulnerable moment for you. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like, that's a scene that I think I'll be prou- proud of forever. Should be. Yeah. Um, it, you know, something that you'll probably appreciate, because my co-host, Tori, doesn't claims to not ever notice this but i notice it not just in my show or our show but in every show uh when there's a boom in the shot Mm -hmm. 
did you did you see any booms no. when you were watching it? You didn't see any booms. I didn't in the no. whole episode. No, I don't. I don't see that kind of stuff. I should if I'm directing, but I don't. I don't see it in my own in, in my own directing either. Someone will say there was boom in the shot. And I was like, I didn't see it because I'm looking at I'm looking at the people. I'm not looking at. You know what I mean? I'm watching the performances. I'm not watching, and as a, as a viewer, I'm watching the performances. I'm not paying attention too much to. So there was a boom in that shot. There was a boom. No, not in that shot, but there. I do a thing every week where I have a boom count. There were at ah, least ah, at ah, least ah. two that I could see, and, I, and my internet connection was bad, so there might have been a lot more than two. But there was definitely two. In fact, there was one scene in particular where the boom was basically in the whole scene, just banging out the sushi scene when they're eating sushi. Yeah. Remember when Kelly and David and their parents are having sushi and they're sitting like on the floor? Uh-huh. That scene, there's a little boom dangling at the top the whole time. You got to go back and watch it now because you'll laugh. Right. You know, now they just paint that stuff out. It's so, <laughs> it's so cheap to do, um, to do uh, uh, you know, computer you know, what do you call it? But yeah. They, effects. It's so cheap to do computer effects now. They'll just paint it out. They don't have that now. Yeah. I. You know what? That's funny. I'm working on a movie and I, the yesterday I heard the executive producer shouting out like, it doesn't matter. We'll paint it out. And then I heard, and I was like, what, what does that mean? I don't understand that. And then later I heard her say, we don't want to be painting everything out. So, that, you know, we got to just get this right. And like, it's a big, something they think about now. Yeah. We, we had an actor who, who had, Something, I don't know what happened to his eye, but his whole eye, the white of his eye was completely red. It wasn't pink eye. It was something, uh, he like broke a blood vessel in his eye working out or something crazy like that. And his whole eye was red. They shot it, painted it out. Every, you, Which, you could they, that. Grant, could they paint us out? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I don't really care. <laughs> Maybe after we're dead. <laughs> uh, i'm worried I'm, i don't know i'm worried i feel it coming <laughs> video game so they haven't got it yet they haven't figured it out yet play a video game you'll see now nah, they don't have it yet there's something creepy about animated that's trying to look like there's a name for it as well where you with something that's almost human and it, it's actually creepier than i hate it all yeah. i don't like it it yeah, freaks me out. Don't look right. Everything just, just, just we're we're good enough at recognizing ourselves that we're not, and we're not we're not we're better at recognizing ourselves than we are at recreating ourselves. So right now we're safe. <laughs> Thank God. Phew. Okay. What about the cliffhanger? The cliffhanger. I don't remember the cliffhanger. Oh, the pregnancy. <laughs> my mom. My mom's Jackie Taylor comes in and says she's pregnant. The whole episode is focused on teens and pregnancy and being safe and using condoms. Uh, then my mother walks in the room and says, I'm pregnant. You single? I don't get what's the big deal. So what? She's not married. Oh. She's a recovering addict. Oh. Uh, she just met this guy. And this guy that she's dating is Mel Silver, who is David on the show, the, the sort of dork character, David, the Donna's boyfriend, it's David's father. David. The, the, wait, Donna's boyfriend. Brian Austin Green's role. Oh, Brian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's one of the real names. I know that. So yeah, Kelly hates it that her mom is dating okay. David's dad. Okay. So it's a big deal. It's a big cliffhanger moment. So we have to come back <laughs> so you can watch. Yes, we definitely do. So let's take a break. And when we come back, yes. we will talk about 
fashion and best lines from the show and maybe play a little game. Okay. Is there ever really a way to thank your mom for everything she does? My mom is my best friend, my rock. I have learned so much from her through the years. Her wisdom has helped shape me and I love celebrating her, especially on Mother's Day. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. And since she deserves the best, send her the best there is. When it comes to flowers, send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. I love that Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, you guys. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online, pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to your mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code 90210 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code 90210, books.com, promo code 90210. Enter to win a free cruise for two on board the 90s cruise. Relive the magic of the iconic pop culture, music, and fashion of the 90s on the 90s cruise. Five days of concerts with some of the decade's most iconic stars, nightly theme parties, celebrity interaction, and all-out 90s events and activities. Over 25 concerts and live performances starring Blues Traveler, Collective Soul, Gin Blossoms, Everclear, Lit, Color Me Bad, Lisa Loeb, Fastball, CNC Music Factory, Jesus Jones, Digital Underground, Sophie B. Hawkins, and more. Hosted by MTV VJs Downtown Julie Brown and Matt Penfield, plus Lisa Loeb. Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas will be completely transformed to take you back in time for nonstop 90s action. The 90s cruise will sail from Tampa and head to Cozumel and Costa Maya, Mexico, January 31st through February 5th, 2025. Head to the 90scruise.com slash iHeart to enter to win a free cruise for two. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24 seven. Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right. But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- 
and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right. So Grant, are you uh, like a fashionista? Are you into fashion? <laughs> I had a feeling <laughs> like the worst, the worst about it. Uh, like if I could just wear the same shirt every single day, I would. Okay. I like that. I can, I can see that. But so do you, do you like when you're working and you get dressed up as characters in shows? Like does, do you like dressing and as other people? I used to hate, 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 hate it. I hated it on Melrose Place. I used to, because I don't have any awareness of it and I don't have any skill at it. So it's like something that you're bad at is always really, you know, it's just difficult. It's not difficult. your thing and you don't, and you don't care about it. I don't care about it. And then that, and, and because I'm not, because I'm not care, because I, I don't care about it, because I don't care about it. I'm not good at it because I'm not good at it. I have an aversion to it and I don't care about it. That's like what we were talking about before. If you don't yeah, have passion exactly. for something, I exactly. If I into it more, I might actually like it. Well, I respect it. I, res- I kind of am right there with you, to be honest. Well, when I did Swingtown, which was a show set in the 70s, mm. and it was all kind of disco-y and, you know, it was all about that kind of glossy world, I really became a lot more aware of its impact. And I have a lot more respect for it now. And I spend a lot more time with it now with Blake than I would have in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Blake, like I do like with Blake's clothes, I let them kind of go through and pull a bunch of stuff. And then when I, then I can just kind of go through the, it's all good stuff. So I can't make a mistake, mm-hmm. but I'm very meticulous about how, how he dresses himself. As you should be. I think, I think it's super important. I, and you're right. Like it, I wasn't as aware of it either when I was younger. I didn't appreciate the costume designer or the, you know, <laughs> the vision. About, like the, the character, like his characters, I've, I've decided that, that Blake, my Blake is um, pretty much of a narcissist and um, pompous because he just is meticulous about how he looks. And, you know, like his hair is high. And his, you know, and his tie is always perfect and his cuffs are perfect and everything hangs exactly right. And it's fitted, really fitted. And he gets a haircut every single week. And, you know, it's like, he's that person. He, you know, gets manicures. He cares about his appearance. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it's for, it's not just, it's not for, it's for him. It's for himself. You know, it's, well, yes. He knows that this is what people see and, and it sells and he, and it's he thinks that he's worth it and he needs other people to know he's worth it too he is worth it (laughs) (laughs) damn it yeah you don't really really appreciate fashion until you work with a great costume designer and i you uh, recently i worked with uh mandy line who did bh90210 for us and she was she was so incredible and just her you know her vision and her passion for it was contagious and it really really 
changed my sort of perspective. So, but was there, uh, did you happen to maybe have like a favorite fashion moment from this episode? Like something that stood out to you that represented the nineties or that you hated or loved? Yeah. Um, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan was wearing a shirt that, that's, that really stood out to me. Dylan, wait, did I get the characters right? Yes. Um, Jason, right? No, Brandon. Brandon, Brandon. Jason. Brandon was wearing a shirt. Dylan was Dylan, Dylan was wearing all kinds of like stuff that was so nice. You know, he, Brandon was wearing this shirt with like almost paisley dots. They weren't paisley, but they were like. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so subtle and it really irritated you. No, it didn't irritate me. No, it was like, oh. Oh, look at that. I just noticed it. Oh, oh yeah. You liked I it. I remember when we used to wear stuff like that. And then, and then Brand, no, Dylan was wearing all kinds of like, you know, bad boy clothes. Yeah, 90s bad boy. I, it's funny that that shirt stood out to you because, you know, notoriously like David's character and Steve, Steve's character always wore crazy clothes. So uh, this episode, David was wearing like the most insane polka dotted black man blouse. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, somebody, well, somebody also had a, a plaid, big billowy plaid shirt tucked into kind of billowy pants i don't remember probably want to go with steve's character sounds like it (laughs) oh gosh it's so good the fashion though okay so uh in honor of our amazing writers we like to kind of quote um our favorite line from each episode so was did you have a favorite line from this episode does anybody want to go shopping (laughs) <laughs> that's kelly's answer to everything yeah let's go who, who wants to go shopping i don't remember exactly what it was it was it was either can we just go shopping do you don't you want to just go shop? what do you remember what it was yeah let's not talk about sex anymore can we just go shopping yeah. and then she then just go. says something something and then kelly says well what it's good for the economy yeah right <laughs> she's right <laughs> she's doing her part <laughs> um i i loved okay well what another one of Kelly's lines made me laugh was um, when she's talking to Brenda in the hallway about her mom, who her mom's dating and she, her mom's dating a dentist. And she says, whose idea of a good time is a gum massage? <laughs> you know, I, I missed the actual gum massage part. Like I didn't hear it for some reason. I just heard he's a dentist. I heard whose idea of a good time is blank. Well, he's a dentist, so I had to try to fill in blank myself. And gum massage was one of the things I came up with. So really, wow! And I, I don't, I don't think they exist, do they? Is there such a thing as gum what, massage? What is a gum massage? No. Does it? Have you ever gotten a gum massage no, from your dentist? If someone tried to, I would push them away. <laughs> Not for your. Thank you. Thank we you. Got <laughs> Another really cool line from this episode, which a lot of people remember, and I would be remiss not to mention it, was um, a line from Donna. And she says, it's a, a long one, so brace yourself. If you have a swimming pool in your backyard, you can tell your children not to go in it. You can even build a fence around it. But if you know that they're going to find a way into that water, don't you think that you ought to teach the kids how to swim? Well, and, and you know, like, yeah, that's probably the best line in the in the in the movie in the in the episode. It's like yeah, so very true and very obvious. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the whole sums it all up. Yes, it fits, and you can't really deny it. No, 
good. It really was. Well, there was a lot. There was a lot of good stuff in this episode. But this now is the part of the show that always kind of makes me cringe a little. Uh, we ask everyone, all of our guests, to play like a little rapid fire kind of thing. Oh, no. I'm going to fail. You saw my memory's terrible. I was hit on the head as a child. It's really, really true. This is true. I was in a coma. They thought I was going to die. And my memory is as bad as memory can be. But go ahead. Oh, no, no, I can't now. I want to talk about your your head injury. <laughs> well, that's it. I told you. That's the story. That's it. You got, but what hit you in the head? I fell. It was, okay, you get, it was probably 19. Let's see, I was eight years old. It was 1970. I had a shirt. I remember the shirt I was wearing. It was purple with white doves on it, little white doves all over it. And it was kind of puffy sleeved. And I was out playing with the kids. We, it was dusk and we were running and I got ahead of myself and fell forward. You know, how kids do sometimes they run faster than they can run. They get ahead of themselves. And I fell forward. And I believe what happened is when I went to put my hand out, I stepped on my sleeve. My next foot, foot came and stepped on so my, I took the fall with the, my forehead. And you hit and it right it broke back here. My skull broke <gasps> back. Um, and anyway, when they took me to the, as they were taking me to the hospital, I went into a coma and they didn't know what was wrong with me. They couldn't figure it out. They didn't have MRIs back then. They didn't know. And it was several days before a specialist came in and kind of figured out what had happened. And they thought that one of my friends had given me drugs. They were like, it was, they were all over the map. They had no idea. That is insane. Oh, your poor mom. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. I know. And part of the part of part of when I was in the coma, which wasn't I guess isn't really technically a coma, I went into like this other place where I was violent. And I was punching and yelling and calling people horrible names and you know. So they would they did oh my God. just yeah, it must have been terrifying. They thought I was gonna die. Well, I'm sure glad you didn't. Me Jeez. Too. <laughs> And look at look at you now. Like uh, you, you should go see my doctor, Doctor Amen, and get your brain scanned. I would love to do that. Okay, I'm gonna set it up for you, Grant. I'm not kidding. He does this great thing. Yeah, is he in LA? He's in LA, and uh, he does this great thing called Scan My Brain. He has people come in, and uh, you can do it privately or you can do it on his program, Scan My Brain. But it is fascinating, and he yeah. will see what the impact of that injury had on your brain and how that's affecting you now. But then what if it takes away my excuse for my bad memory? Maybe it's just, maybe I'm just, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Well, he'll, he'll solidify that. And then you can still use that excuse because I still use my excuse of my bad memory that I got run over by a jet ski. So. Did you? Yeah. And I had my brain scanned and he's like, yeah, I can see your concussion and I can see the impact of it. And he can, and and he can see the brain activity in your brain, and where, like, if your concussion was bad enough, there will be a, a lack of blood flow in your brain and a, a lack of activity, which will really inhibit so many things, whether it's yeah. in your frontal lobe, back, like, you know, super, super fascinating brain uh, health. I'm going to give you his contact Next later. Time I'm in LA, which I don't know, no idea when that's going to be. I would definitely want to see him. Definitely. Yes. You should. Okay. Um, okay. Rapid fire. Okay. Who was your favorite character from Beverly Hills 90210? Brandon. Brandon. Great answer. Since Kelly didn't end up on Team Jake, who should she have ended up with? Team Brandon or Team Dylan? I feel like Dylan is more her, her, her guy. Yeah. I don't know. You'd be surprised. There's quite a divide out there on this subject yeah 
people are team Brandon or team Dylan. So you were team Dylan. Good to know. Okay. Well, Jake made a mistake. It was Jake. Jake should have like, but you were too young for Jake too. So there, you know, he, nowadays he'd probably go to jail. Yeah, definitely. You, yeah, you'd be in jail. Um, okay. The last question I think I'm going to ask you is, uh, this is the worst one. Ready? <laughs> Kissed, marry, or kick to the curb? Who uh, would you kiss? That's who genuine. would you marry, and who would you give the old heave ho to? Of of the three women on the show, of any of the people, you could be men, could, whatever is your thing, whatever. Ah, no judgment. Well, that makes it a little Characters, easier. Character. Well, um, I don't remember everyone's name. <laughs> that's okay. So, I'll help you. Okay. Um, give me the girls' names again. I'll use Kelly, Donna, and Kelly. Donna, Donna, Brenda, Brenda, Andrea. So Mary, Andrea, Andrea, Mary Kelly, kiss. <laughs> not Donna, <laughs> not Andrea. Not, not Andrea. Brenda, Brenda, Brenda uh-huh. and kick to the curb, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. But you see, you did so good. Well, you know what I mean? I was on the spot. I had to come up with something. <laughs> I love loved everything. Grant, it has been so much fun hanging out with you. I really, I genuinely enjoyed our conversations. Me too. I really did. I'm so, Good. when this, when I saw the email, I was like, oh, great, I get to apologize. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. And then secondly, um, and you can sleep tonight, not worrying about it anymore. I forgive you. Yes, right? That's, you can take that off. <laughs> one, one dragging down. that around. <laughs> but I really right. enjoyed um, talking with you. I think this is more than we've ever spoken to each other, um, ever. And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I know. Well, good. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on and being my co-host. Thank you for inviting me. So everyone out there, be sure to watch uh, Grant's amazing show, Dynasty. It's uh, Friday nights on the CW. Is that right? That's right. Or Netflix. Or Netflix. Love it. Uh, Everyone, here's your homework. Watch next week's episode. Um, What is it? Season two, episode 22, Baby Makes Five. All right, everybody, go out and have a good week. Bye. Enter to win a free cruise for two on board the 90s cruise. Relive the magic of the iconic pop culture, music, and fashion of the 90s on the first ever sailing. Five days of concerts with some of the decade's most iconic stars, nightly theme parties, celebrity interactions, and all-out 90s activities. There'll be over 25 concerts and live performances starring Blues Traveler, Collective Soul, Gin Blossoms, Everclear, Lit, and more. The 90s cruise will sail from Tampa and head to Cozumel and Costa Maya, Mexico on Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas, January 31st through February 5th, 2025. Head to the 90scruise.com slash iHeart to enter to win a free cruise for two. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFun Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good.
What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.